Thanks for tuning in to the Lean 911 podcast where you'll have a voice directly from the Gemba. I will rely on my three decades of lean successes as well as my failures to answer your most challenging questions regarding your lean transformation. I'm your host, Mark Deluzio, President and CEO of Lean Horizons Consulting and the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System. Looking forward to your questions now. Let's go to the Gemba. Hi, this is Mark Deluzio, episode 20 of our five-part problem-solving series. This is the third of the five uh, problem-solving modules that we're going to do, if you will, podcast. And uh, we are going to talk today about how to define a problem. And it may seem very simple to most, but I have seen trained master black belts in Six Sigma not know the basics of defining a problem. And uh, I've seen it all over the place, and it's really a tough one, because if you don't get this part right, your problem solving is going to go all over the place, and you will, in fact, have solutions looking for a problem. So problem definition is the key to beginning the problem solving process. Now, I will say that as you look at the entire problem solving process, there's a step right before defining the problem, and that's collecting and analyzing data. And uh, I'm a bit partial to the Pareto principle and the Pareto diagram to kind of look at data and sort it all kinds of different ways. You know, I could take uh, the same set of data and uh, let's say I had a quality problem on a product. Well, I can look at it by product. I can look at it by component. I can look at it by supplier for that component. I can look at it by shift. I can look at it by operator. I can look at it by machine. There's a million different ways to look at the same problem. And what I usually like to do is lay out all the different types of Pareto diagrams, put them on the wall and let them talk to me. What are they really telling me? You know, and then you also have to think about, well, once I decide on a course of action, am I using the right parameters to make that call? Because I think you'll find that most problems are complex. They're not, you know, one single thing that's going on that causes you deviation from your standard or whatever. And many times when you go try to solve a problem, you find that you really have four or five different things going on that need independent problem-solving statements. In other words, they need five different problem-solving statements and five different problem-solving approaches to get to the right answer. So I've seen that many times, uh, that it's not just a singular uh, root cause that gets us there. So problem definition is really key. And uh, and how you look at that is really important. So collecting data up front and analyzing that data and discerning what really is the problem that we're trying to solve. Because again, as I said, I don't want you to have a bunch of solutions, which sound kind of cool, looking for a problem. So let's talk about describing a problem. Um, as you look at the various things that you have to answer for yourself when you defi define a problem, you're talking about the couple, a couple of things here. One, what exactly are we talking about? Okay, so I could probably say, uh, let's. I got an example right here in front of me. Uh, order accuracy. The order accuracy was missing target. Okay, that's the what. Okay, fine. When. It happened during the month of, you know, August 2023. All right. Got that? 
where did it happen? It happened in our North American operations. Yeah, that might be too broad. Maybe that's okay. If I've got 20 different locations, I might want to break that down. And maybe it only happens in a majority of time in the in two locations. Okay. And again, this is why that breaking down the problem with data up front is very important. And who does it affect? Well, it affects our major customer, XYZ Incorporated. Okay. That's the effect. It's affecting our customer service and our customer uh, in particular, uh, our major customer. And then how much, how much, uh, which leads to a goal statement, but how much order accuracy was 75% versus a target of 100%. So now I'm looking at what, when, where, who, and how much. One more question I want to ask. Why? Okay, why? And not the root cause why, but why is this a problem? What is it affecting? It is causing ill will with our customer base, and we potentially are running the risk of losing business. So the why in this case is not a root cause why. It is, you know, why is this a problem? What's the impact? What's the, what's the issue here? Okay. It's sometimes important to put that into your problem-solving statement. So let's just say that after all said and done, I have a statement here I could read. The order accuracy for North America ABC customer was 75% versus a target of 100% in the month of August 2023. Very simple. For those of you who are old enough, and if you're not, look it up on YouTube. There was a a, a TV show, a, a half an hour uh, show called Dragnet. And the head cop uh, used to say, give me the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Because he would go and interview all these people for after a crime has been you know, committed. And people would ramble on with all kinds of different, you know, color around the story. And he would look and say, facts, ma'am, just the facts. That's kind of what we want to think about when we write a problem statement. All right. Just the facts. Now, this is a, a sounds simple, but I've seen it done wrong so many times by people who should know better. So we want a very focused and specific problem statement, right? A problem definition statement so that we know what the heck it is we're doing. And as you're going through the problem solving process, you have to kind of combat all the things that don't associate with this problem, because you will find that you will find that all kinds of great ideas come up and, Hey, we should do this and we should do that before you know it, you're over on the other side of the problem solving something else that you didn't intend to set out to solve. Okay, so you got to be very careful that you stay true to the problem statement that you're 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 trying to look at. Secondly, keep this statement simple. That's a real key. Keep this statement simple. And make sure it has impact and that everybody can understand it. So you want to stay away from jargon and what I call TLAs, you know, three-letter ac acronyms, I have a TLA for a TLA, and, uh, and, and, and make it clear. Make it clear so that anybody walking by 
could could read that and really understand. You don't need to have a lot of tribal knowledge to find out what exactly is going on. Okay. Now, I think I said this on my last uh, one of my other problem solving podcasts, but observing the condition will help you write a good problem statement because you'll understand it better. Now, remember what I told you, my friend John Shook said that at Toyota, they did not allow executives to opine on a problem unless, of course, they observed it firsthand, right? So uh, uh, I think that was a kind of a cool uh, process. And uh, as I said back then, uh, you'll <laughs> you'll end up with a lot less meetings and a lot less consternation if you stuck to that principle, okay? Uh, so you want to understand that. Um, some of the common errors that you see with uh, problem solving. Many times you'll see a tendency to actually state the solution in the problem statement itself. Uh, the parts coming out of heat treat were defective because of blah, 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 blah. That's not where you put that in. The because of is going towards the root cause and it doesn't belong in a problem-solving statement. On-time delivery to our major customers impaired because of trucks breaking down in our trucking lot at the distribution center. No, that's not the problem. That's not a good problem statement. We don't want to say because of in a problem-solving statement. Here's another one. We need a new thermostat or we don't have a good oven. That's not a problem statement. How about this? The oven temperature is 20 degrees below specification. That's a little bit better, right? A little bit more specific and a little bit more fact-based. So, of course, we missed all the other things in terms of wear and all that stuff, but just trying to give you a sense of being direct and concise in terms of what the problem is. Now, another one might be your problem is just too darn large. You're trying to boil the ocean and solving world hunger. You know, so uh, if I said, uh, you know, the XYZ cell has a 25% reject rate. Well, good luck with that if the XYZ cell makes all kinds of different products and, uh, and what have you. So it would be probably better if I said something like the ABC operation in the XYZ cell is experiencing a 25% reject rate on the 123 product. That's very specific. How did I get all that information? I got that information from the data collection and analysis I did prior to writing the problem statement. All right. So uh, there you go. Another one, a vague problem. Another problem that we can have a problem definition. The problem's too vague. Customers complain about colors not being right. I mean, good luck with that. I have no idea what you're talking about there. What do you mean not being right? How about this? One in 10 customers report discoloration on the right side of part number 2003. A little bit more specific. I can put my arms around that now, right? Now I might want to go ahead and, and ask, well, what colors? What customers? When were those parts made? You know, it's all, again, all kinds of other analysis I would do to try to get down to the root cause. So you don't want to state the problem 
of the solution, I should say. You don't want to state the solution in the problem statement. You don't want too large of a problem. And you also don't want to be vague when you're setting problem statements. These are kind of basic, and maybe to you, if you're familiar with problem solving, these are kind of, you know, uh, old hat and not not all that, that uh, 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 you know, revolutionary. But I will tell you that I've seen this problem time and time again. I've seen this problem with consultants who are supposed to know how to solve problems. So get the problem definition statement right. You'll find that your path towards problem solving will be much more effective and much more efficient if, and with less rework loops, by the way, if you can get this right. So I'm going to leave with that. This is uh, part three of a five-part series on problem solving, how to write a problem definition statement. And uh, I'm Mark Delizio, Lean 911 And you can email me with comments or questions at mark, M-A-R-K, mark at lean911.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's any questions, we'll get those back on a subsequent episode for us to answer. And we'll go from there. And please email me with questions and comments, and I will get back to you directly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Lean 911 podcast. I'll be happy to address your questions or feedback on future episodes. Email me at mark at lean911.com. You can check out our other episodes by visiting our website at lean911.com, our YouTube channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your host, Mark Deluzio. Thanks for listening.